Good morning, everybody. It's Joey. Welcome to the call. Welcome to our Rocksteady community. Um, there's a beautiful spread of people from all over the corners of the planet. So if you'd like to turn on your video, now's a good time to do that. You don't have to, but it just can be a really nice way to see people's faces, visually connect for those of us who find that comforting. I've got a little candle going for us all. Um, and for me, lighting the candle on our Zoom calls represents the truth that if we could meet by campfire and share our stories and sit beside, side by side looking at the flames dance, then we would do that. But given, <clears throat> given our global distances, Zoom offers a really beautiful alternative way to connect. So we meet as a Rocksteady community every month, twice every month for live calls. It's a great way to have peer connection and peer support, to speak, to feel heard. And I think there's a few people on the call who are actually Rocksteady members and they can speak from their own personal experience. But there's also a huge amount of um, profound synchronicity and What's the word I'm looking for? I think just a sense of being understood when other people speak and other people ask your questions and other people put words to what you're going through. And that's the magic of being sitting in circle, which is something humans have done for millennia, millennia, millennia. So on that note, you're welcome to go and grab a candle if you want to go and light your own candle. There'll still be people arriving to start with, I'd love to get a feel for who's on this call. I've got a little head cold, so apologies for my scratchy, jazzy voice today. Um, you're welcome to use the chat box on today's call. And you're welcome to ask questions and speak live. You can just let me know if you want to speak live, <clears throat> either in the chat box, you can unmute yourself. You can raise your hand, um, whatever works for you, I'm, I'm really welcoming. Um, so when we do meet on our calls, we often start with a body scan. So if a body scan is a new concept for you, just take it at your own pace, be curious. Um, we might even just do a short one, you know, just one minute, <clears throat> 60 seconds or so. I'm conscious that some people may still be arriving, so there'll be opportunities perhaps for more body scanning uh, towards the end of the call as well. <clears throat> um, I just want to check into the chat box. Does anybody have any technical administrative questions? There are closed captions if you want to use them. You can activate them at your end. Um, any questions before we pause together? and sit together and share this space together. It's a really nice group of us today. Okay. I'll just give the chat box a little bit more time. So the topic that we're going to be talking about today, 
is around the importance of community and peer connection and peer support. And I'm not going to lie to you, I didn't fully grasp the importance of that when I was building the Rocksteady program. So when I first built the program, I'd come from a hospital system and a university system where clients were getting lots of testing, all the vestibular testing, all the hearing tests, you know, psychiatric, all, all the assessments, and then basically being sent home, possibly with a few vestibular exercises and medications. And it really was just debilitating. And I was seeing people collapse before me and I could see that they weren't getting their needs met. And the treatments were just not, were not in alignment with people's needs with these chronic conditions. Um, so I went away and I developed the Rocksteady program and in the beginning it had no live calls, it had no group connection, it had no Facebook group. It was literally just you log in, there's your modules, you go through your learning, your neuroeducation, learn about neuroplasticity, start implementing all the various types and styles of body scans in your own way and we got good results and you know obviously it went really well. But then I started to introduce the peer group calls and I would do live Rocksteady programs where we'd all get on and we'd talk about module one together and so on and so forth. And then that turned into monthly check-ins where we don't talk about any specific module. We just check in and we, we, we talk. And then it talk, then it turned into sort of monthly live hot themes, themes that were popping up for the group. And by the way, if you do purchase the Rocksteady program, you get access to all of those replays as an incredible archive and it's almost like having your own private podcast where you can tap into your community and your people and feel that connection, get that oxytocin moving through the brain, get those neural chemicals rolling of connection, belonging, acceptance and support, um, which is really quite amazing. The technology is quite amazing. So anyway, now we're in our sixth or seventh year of Rocksteady started in 2016 and now I offer the monthly calls where sometimes we have a theme sometimes we don't have a theme <clears throat> and um, and I have monthly grief and soul tending circles and that's because some people do get stuck and some people don't heal right and I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not going to fabricate things I'm, I'm a very honest and authentic person um, by nature and it's not that they don't heal because healing's a little bit of a, a misleading word. They get very, very stuck in neurological symptom loops that repeat. And that's actually healthy and normal. But what we want to do is to be able to interrupt those symptom loops that are literally actually occurring between the ears in the midbrain, the, the limbic brain and the emotional brain. When our vestibular and audio like tinnitus sound information travels in through the body as vibrations and turns into those neural action potential impulses, it travels through the emotional brain and the purpose of that is that as hunter-gatherers, as cavemen and cave women, ancestrally we've developed to use balance information and auditory information to detect danger and safety. So first and foremost it goes in through the emotional brain to detect is this sound life-threatening? Is this perceived earthquake movement life-threatening, right? So the people who get really, really stuck fall into these midbrain emotional limbic system loops. And part of breaking that is much more than meditation and vestibular exercises or body scanning. It's the peer connection. It's being seen. It's being heard. It's being understood while you're vulnerable. 
So it's kind of ironic that I've got a head cold today. I feel a bit brain foggy. I feel a bit vulnerable. And I feel like I'm leading by example. We don't have to hide. We don't have to pretend we're good, right? I haven't even done my hair this morning, actually. I'm just, I'm grateful to be here connecting with you. It's really important that as a human being, I can be low, vulnerable, tender, symptomatic, high sensations, not doing great, and be seen by my peers who are meeting with me in loving kindness and non-judgment. And what that does to my brain is my brain says, oh, okay, well, Katie hasn't told me to get lost and Georgiana hasn't commented, told me that like I'm an idiot. And, and you know, Julie hasn't told me to go get a job and do my hair. And Shilpa hasn't started throwing, I don't know, judgments at me. So my brain starts going, okay, well, maybe I don't have to force myself to be different. Maybe I don't have to push through. Maybe I don't have to change myself to please other people. And my brain starts to recognize that all the sensations I'm feeling, all the brain fog, the tired eyes, the sore throat, the the roaring sound, whatever it is, that it's not life-threatening, that it's not going to reject me from my community, it's not going to hijack my heartbeat and kill me, that it's uncomfortable, that it's inconvenient, but it's not life-threatening. And being seen in a peer group where other peers validate, yeah, I've had that too, it sucks, doesn't it? But it doesn't kill us. Sounds almost absurd and comedic, but that's the message the brain is getting. And if we hide away in the background quietly doing our online program with no connection to other people, we don't get that peer validation and that reassurance and affirmation. And that's where even if all people do in my Rocksteady program, and, and for some people this is all they can physically do because of small children or time commitments, is if they do their modules on their own at home and listen to the replays of our live calls, they're still getting that peer connection and that brain effect of the belonging, the acceptance, the understanding, simply because other people speaking live are asking their questions and they're speaking on their behalf. And that's the beauty of humanity. We have so much in common, even though everybody's journey will, will it undoubtedly be unique and different. Um, great. So I just want to double check on some of the things that may have come through on... Yeah, so Chris has got a, a pretty good question. Why don't we do our body scan together? And Chris has said he's also happy to come on live and I'd love you to come on live, Chris. Why don't we do a body scan first as a group and then we'll uh, bring you on live. Yeah, and just another quick question I can answer. Tony said, <clears throat> does the Rocksteady program assist those who have tensor tympani syndrome and hyperacusis and tinnitus? And my answer is absolutely yes. There was another email question, someone saying, I've been diagnosed with many years that turned into triple PD that also was diagnosed as vestibular migraine. And believe it or not, it's quite common for many years, triple PD and vestibular migraine diagnosis to sort of all overlap and be a bit confusing. And one doctor says A and another doctor says B and so on. It doesn't matter your diagnosis, whether it's hyperacusis, acoustic shock, tensor tympani, chronic tinnitus of no cause, 
meniers, cochlear hydrops, vestibular migraine, aura migraine, triple PD, or chronic subjective dizziness. There are so many different labels. What we all have in common is there are chronic, invisible, elusive, debilitating symptoms. And what they all have in common is information from the outer world, whether that be sound or movement, is entering the body as an invisible vibration. So this is specific for tensor tympani and hyperacusis people. That invisible sound information is coming in, even if it's very soft. For these people, they might get a pain reaction to a very soft sound, such as a, a door closing quietly or sp spoken voice. So it's very debilitating. That invisible vibration literally enters the body. It turns into a neural circuit and action potential that starts firing neural messages from the centers of the ear into the brain and the cortices. And it goes through that emotional center. And for some reason, your body is saying that sound is life-threatening and it's activating all of that fight, flight, freeze, fawn, trauma response pattern. It's unhelpful. It's unnecessary. It's basically a false alarm, but we need the body to reverse that false alarm. And that's what the Rocksteady program's about. It's the same for triple PD. People have these wonky push-pull um, vestibular sensations or spinning or turning or brain fog can't concentrate and the brain is identifying that as life-threatening which it's not life-threatening as I'm demonstrating today I feel very cotton woolly in my head and um, yeah you know sometimes we can feel the push-pull of life literally moving us um, and if we, when we can say yes and welcome to the experience and let those sensations move us and be expansive in those sensations the brain changes all of those loops i'm talking about and i'm happy to talk more on that i can get as nerdy and scientific as as the group wants so what i might do is ask everyone to pause the chat box close your eyes if you're comfortable and we're going to do a shared body scan together to all drop in and, and connect If you don't want to close your eyes today because it just doesn't feel right, that's fine. You can keep your gaze sort of just lovingly um, staring at something plain, whether it's your knees or a desktop or a floor, something that's not stimulating. But where possible, close your eyes because it does help us contact more of our inner world when we remove the visual stimuli. So just take a moment to notice your body position. Notice what you're touching and whether you're on a chair, the floor, contacting a wall or any surfaces. Notice what your hands are touching. Notice what your feet are touching. Notice any contact you have with your clothing, jewellery, watches, perhaps your hair falling around your face. Just notice your sensation of touch all over your body. With it. This is an effortless process. Your body scanning contact with the world, contact with yourself. And there's no right or wrong way to do this. We're activating a new part of the brain as we engage in body scanning. 
And this exercise helps to break those midbrain limbic system emotional fight flight freeze loops. Because as we connect to the chair and the floor and our clothing, the brain starts to realize, okay, all the signals I'm getting are quite safe. And the brain starts to recognize there's no earthquake, there's no flood, there's no bushfire. There's no reason to run, hide or freeze right now. So the body scan is really a way to emotionally regulate. And to incorporate all of our wonky or noisy bodily sensations into that emotional regulation, which is really key. We want to be able to hear our sounds and feel all of our dizzy vestibular inputs with emotional regulation. So we bring all of our sensations with us into the body scan. We're not trying to get rid of them at all. We're really welcoming them in as a healthy part of our experience in this moment, here and now. Now I want you to bring your awareness to your breath and just noticing how the breath enters your body and the shape of your body as you gently and naturally breathe. Again, there's no right or wrong way to do this. You do not need to modify or micromanage your breath at all. Just allow your breath to breathe you. Your breath will know when it wants to come in and then it will also know when it naturally wants to exhale and move out of the body. The body knows, the body knows. So just for the last few moments of our shared pause and our shared body scan, I want you to notice the shape of your body as you breathe, just noticing that there will be an inflation and a deflation effect on your body. It's, it's not exaggerated, it's not huge perhaps, but it's there. So simply noticing as you body scan your breathing, feeling it enter you, feeling it leave you, noticing the shape of your body. And in no way, shape or form are you judging your body. That however your breath moves is absolutely perfect for you. And take as long as you want to be in that space, noticing that when we're body scanning, getting in contact with our skin and our sense of touch, which is proprioception, which is very key to the Rocksteady program. You'll learn more about that in the modules. We access the capacity for deeper emotional regulation. It's very quick and it's something we can take with us anywhere we go. And then you get another augmented effect when you bring in the breath awareness with this gentle acceptance of the breath no modifying no deepening no counting just being in a body scan with the breath is also another way to access avenues of emotional regulation 
and that as we break those fight flight freeze trauma loops and stress loops uh, and we access new parts of the brain we enable the innate beauty of neuroplasticity to start doing its work its magic in the background when we're caught up in our worries and our questions and our analysis and our symptoms we tend to be just stuck in that midbrain loop and that's when neuroplasticity tends to be inhibited through chronic stress and chronic worry and chronic anxiety pathways and so that's where a lot of the tensor tympani hyperacusis triple pd vestibular migraine many is that's where a lot of um, and and straightforward tinnitus that's where a lot of us can get really stuck in symptoms because the neuroplasticity doesn't really get a look in we've got to be in the body not in the head and that can be just a huge leap of faith for many of us because we may have lived a lifetime almost up here in the head and it's very scary to leave that space we want certainty we want answers but we have to descend into the body and really open up into this place of mystery presence sensing feeling and non-judging <clears throat> there is something i want to share with you all um let me open open recent here we go does anybody want to pop in the chat box a little reflection on how that felt <clears throat> it's quite powerful to do the body scan practices in a group too it's different to being at home and doing it alone both are both are good <clears throat> Julie did you unmute yourself on purpose no no okay I'll just mute you great robin it's said okay. I, <clears throat> oops let me mute that again robin said i absolutely love listening to your replays they give me an amazing sense of support thank you yeah the group replays are game changing and there's literally gosh we must be getting close to 100 call replays this they're very robust <clears throat> and you can almost be assured that somebody in the past has asked your question <laughs> Shilpa says, I got so relaxed, I think I had a mini nap. Beautiful. Quite relaxing, says Steve. So before Chris comes on live, I just thought it would be useful to go through some of our group agreements, which are relevant for every time we get together and speak. And we actually... Um, <clears throat> um, we remind ourselves of these before every grief and soul tending circle and those are our monthly circles that are two hours long they're not recorded they're confidential and everybody has a chance to speak about whatever sorrow pain hurt loss grief anything that's alive for them in the moment and part of that process is <clears throat> about having a regular practice of releasing grief and releasing trauma and stress and that brings me back to what I was saying about the people in our community who feel stuck and like they're just not progressing and symptoms just are um, seemingly stuck, right? They're never really stuck, but that, that's how it can feel. And that happens when people have undigested life experience, these invisible patterns of hurt and not feeling good enough and shame that haven't yet been digested and moved through the body. So we want to learn how to eliminate and release 
the grief, the stress, the trauma, the old life experience. We don't want to be cluttered with an accumulation of life experience that just hasn't been processed and felt. So those monthly circles are specific for teaching people how to process undigested life experience and how to create space within their body for new neural pathways by releasing the old ones. Tom said, the body was relaxed and I felt the energy flowing through the body. Great, beautiful. Julie says, I feel very relaxed, dozing off for a second. Lovely. So let's let's go through our uh, agreements just um, to make sure that Chris or anybody else who comes on live understands what 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 they're in for so first of all I ask people to speak in first person which means me my I mine we're not talking about other people we're talking specifically about ourselves and our own experience so you'll speak from your heart and listen with your heart I'll speak from my heart and listen from my heart I ask that we all respect confidentiality and this meeting is actually recorded so people can hear in and our monthly group calls are recorded so people can use the replays, but the grief and soul tending circle is deliberately unrecorded. It provides a little bit of a different container. I ask that you remain muted unless you are sharing with the group. Use the chat box sparingly and as invited. And what I mean by that is, you know, if someone is sharing very tender or difficult personal information we don't want to be chatting over the top of them on the chat box so just to be mindful of when you're using the chat box and to be sensitive um, please be mindful of triggers and graphic content so if we're sharing things that are difficult for us just being mindful with how we phrase it noticing that it could be traumatic for somebody else to hear um, so just being mindful there but also trusting that everybody can take responsibility for looking after themselves if they feel triggered that they know how to take care of themselves. And that's a really big part of the Rocksteady program is learning how to take care of ourselves and manage ourselves if we do feel triggered in um, any situation in daily life. So <clears throat> I also ask, please offer no advice, no fixing, no judgment, no agenda, so that we all are sovereign in and of ourselves we're all the experts in ourselves and we don't need other people to offer us advice there's nothing to fix we are we are perfectly expressing ourselves in any moment and the human body is this alive organism that will have different sensations from moment to moment and my belief is those sensations are actually giving us very rich content and rich messages of wisdom for us to tune into so there's nothing to fix but there's a lot to pay loving attention towards and lastly may we all be welcoming of whatever emotions are arising tears numbness love connection beauty all of it is welcome here and on our calls so can I just have a look in the chat box and on the video raise your hand if you um, agree to those circle agreements if we were to summarize it simply it's really we're showing up with loving kindness towards ourselves and others thank you that's great so Chris you're welcome to unmute yourself if you like your question just <clears throat> Chris says, is there a boom and bust cycle in the process of recovery from neural circuit dizziness? And I'm in the last mile of recovery. How do I stop my mischievous mind from finding dizziness when I actually feel balanced? That's a great question, Chris. And um, welcome to the call. 
Thanks, Jerry. Um, what it is I've noticed is when I wake up in the mornings, um, increasingly in the last two or three months, um, <clears throat> now that I've had medical clearance and I know what I'm dealing with and I'm armed with the information that tells me this is what's going on, um, a lot of the fear that I had around the symptoms that was driving um, the original sensations that I was experiencing, that does seem to have diminished an awful lot. So I've noticed that in the mornings, I don't tend to wake up now thinking, oh, am I dizzy or what's what's going on? Mm. Um, and what I found as well is I used to, dr I drew a little um, um, indicator of, how strong, how the uh, symptoms were affecting me. And it went from sort of, um, at the most extreme, they were distressing and not uh, completely knocking me out to um, sort of um, really annoying and distracting to sort of in the background and uncomfortable or, uh, and then they sort of tail off. So increasingly they've been in the distracting, sort of annoying, but not going into the extreme as it were. So I've noticed that, um, I'm starting to be able to have days when I can go out and about and do the normal things mm. uh, and feel confident. Um, but what tends to happen is with the boom and bust thing, um, what I've been told by my neurologist is I have functional neurological disorder. And I was pointed to a website by Professor John Stone, and he talks about a boom and bust cycle with FND recovery. And he says you can actually go... You can have a, a spike in symptoms where they seem to double down and everything and the dizziness kicks in. Um, and then all of a sudden uh, <clears throat> you can have days when you improve again. And I am noticing I'm getting these peaks and troughs, um, but they are they are spreading out a bit. A bit so they're not as, as intense. But I, I went to uh, Liverpool um, a, a few days ago after I had a counselling session, one, well, a one to one. Uh, with a therapist about some of my deeper issues that I've identified, which um, in myself um, searching, I've said, oh, these these are some of the things that are possibly driving um, the, the, the sensation, the symptoms. Um, and it could could have been, I, I felt pretty, um, I had a dip the day after, quite severe. And it was almost as if, was it because I was going out and about and doing extreme things and sort of trying to do too much? Um, or was it possibly um, caused by me um, talking about some deep things that had stirred some deep emotions? Um, so those are things that I've sort of created because I've noticed I've improved. I've, I've come back up again. <laughs> um, can I, um, can but I the, but, Oh yeah, you go finish up. But yeah, the the other thing is what sometimes what I find is it's that monk, it's the uh, mischievous mind that I'm. I also find I'm battling with. Is I'll wake up in the morning and go, oh. You know, no dizziness today. I feel great. Um, and then mind says, "Oh, hang on a second, no dizziness. Where is it?" I starts looking for it, and all of a sudden, now later, it's like, "Oh, hang on a second, that's not what feels like." So it, it's trying to stop the brain from doing that mischievous thing, all thinking, "Well, hang on a second, I've been dizzy for two years. This is normal. This is how it should be." Can I ask? Have you started the Rocksteady program? I've read the Rocksteady book. I would say start the Rocksteady program because module one will get you right on track with what your brain is seeking, which is essentially a new job. You know, we, we don't want them looking, we don't want the brain 
it's trying to help us. The brain's said, okay, Chris is really interested in this dizziness. He fo- focuses on it all the time. He's really, in- he's talking about it. He's seeing specialists about it. So I'm just going to exacerbate his dizziness so he can study it better. I'm going to help him out. But what we want to do is to give your brain a whole new job. And that's what the Rocksteady program will guide you through is how you can <clears throat> follow the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual avenues of your interest to give your brain new things to focus on. And each module will deepen that journey for you. Um, <clears throat> and I think I talk about in the book, kind of similar to the boom and bust cycle, that's not my language though, is how it can feel like um, installing new software when we go through uh, these neuroplasticity processes of building new neural pathways, we are weakening and dismantling old neural pathways. And so what has been familiar for two years, as you said, um, we have to let go of the familiar and step into unfamiliar territory, which will be our new steadiness pathways and grounded pathways and above all else and any of my rock steady clients live on the call can probably speak to this is we are really exercising our trust pathways we're learning to trust the body instead of antagonize the body doubt the body question the body abnormalize the body label the body we're learning to trust that when we have high intensity days that there is some wisdom in that and i'm learning through that And you mentioned, you know, was it because I spoke about difficult, intense things? Was it because I was out and about in the city? Was it because I did too much? The Rocksteady program will teach you how to answer those questions. Because I'm not the expert in you, so I, of course, can't answer those questions on your behalf. But I'm writing a new book, and I really hope my next book is as impactful as Rocksteady. Um, It still might be a year away. I want to take a... I want to sort of marinate in the editing process. But the next book, I'm talking about the invisible process of the mental, emotional and spiritual aspects in life. Mental being our thoughts and worries and ideas, you know, all of that. They're not muscles and bones. You can't touch them. They're invisible things that are passing through us. But if I have, for argument's sake, a suicidal thought, that I'm done, I'm out of here, I can't handle this world anymore, that physically affects me. So the the invisible inputs can have a very contracting and heavy, you know, muscular effect. It could affect my digestive system. It could affect my sensations and symptoms. So the invisible world of thoughts, emotions, feelings, and spirituality, which is where do I place my belief? Do I believe in my body and trust my body? Or do I believe in the experts to go and fix me out there? Do I believe in the devices out there? Do I believe in the church? Do I believe in whatever, right? All of that invisible input is shaping me. It's shaping my physiology. And this is what I was alluding to earlier, that as we go through daily life, we are bombarded with millions of, of invisible data points that are entering our energetic body and impacting our physical body. Ideas, thoughts, feelings, stories, narratives. Just think about how many invisible concepts enter us from watching a TV show or an advertisement, you know, and then add on to that all of our interactions with people at home and even time alone. When we spend time alone and we're not exposed, we're still swimming in a a sea of narratives and stories and invisible inputs. My book, my new book, talks really raises the question, 
How do we as human beings digest, metabolize, integrate all that invisible input and then excrete it out of the body? How do we eliminate it and release it out of the body? Because that is our life force and energy cycling that stuff comes in beautiful healthy we don't need to fight that and we can't fight it it's automatic stuff comes in how do we integrate it digest it and then move it out of the body so we're not accumulating this invisible patterns that lodge into our body and manifest themselves as sensations and symptoms so I actually think that people with chronic symptoms whether it's tinnitus vertigo dizziness pain anxiety depression whatever it is it's indicative of undigested life experience that we need practices to move out of the body and at the minute my opinion or my theory is that every single person does that differently that there is no white light you can visualize or crystal you can hold or you know like it's not that simple well it's simple when we start to ask the question ourselves and say okay so I've just gone down the street I've done a one-on-one counseling session I've really spoken some deep stuff out And in all of that process, you know, if you didn't feel, and I don't know the situation, but if you at any point didn't feel a resonance with that therapist and you felt a little bit awkward or or not quite right or abnormal or judged, or the opposite, if you felt completely listened to and affirmed and reassured, that's going to give you a huge amount of input to digest that like, wow, for the first time in my life, I feel really listened to, which means all those decades before, I haven't been listened to now I've got to digest that that's full-on so there's a lot going on in that invisible exchange and I call that the divine exchange and it's occurring not only between human beings but between all beings trees insects birds and even inanimate objects in that my body has a relationship to my computer it's an inanimate object but there are invisible inputs moving between me and that object which is all based on relationship If I have a phobia of my computer, obviously it's going to be intense, right? The invisible divine exchange between me and the phobia of my computer. If I love my computer because it's where I work and I love my work and I love connecting with you people, which is more my truth, I love my computer, right? It's it's a lifeline for me. So the invisible input between me and my computer is one of joy and gratitude and blessing and you know, it would be really inconvenient for me if my computer broke. So noticing those invisible threads, honoring and acknowledging that they are entering us. They're invisible, but all of those vibration, vibrations and patterns are entering us. Our body then has to physically digest them by feeling them, which is where in my book, I really come back to the central aspect of the body scan, that when we're in the body, we can actually digest what's moving through us. And then we need to learn how we creatively release, eliminate, excrete. And I say creatively because for most of us, it will be some form of creative process. You know, and and um, I might leave that conversation there, but having that awareness of the invisible... Oh, it's also pouring down. Oh, about the brain pushing eastwards. Covering. Having that awareness of the invisible will help you gain control over your body and your physiology and your physical it's just the physical mental emotional spiritual parts of ourselves are all important and often 
we sort of push aside the mental, emotional, spiritual because it's invisible. But the Rocksteady program really highlights it. It's front and center and we're getting to know it. And I touch upon that in my book, talking about getting to know our inner world. But the book is really the tiniest drop in the ocean. Yeah. I think one of the things that I found really curious as well was how long does neuroplasticity to actually take to um, to happen? Because I, I think be I, I certainly approached instant. it with... Yeah, because I mean, I, I approached it with an open mind. So, so I believe in the whole mind-body approach. Um, that 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 was the the I, I felt if if I want it to work, I've got to have that belief in in, in a mind-body uh, attitude. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and that's the spiritual piece. You've got to believe in the process, or else it's all just phony maloney. Um, it's like staring in the mirror saying, "I love you, I love you." If we don't believe it, it doesn't mean anything. But okay, to, I, I answer think... that, to answer that question, the more intense our, emotion, our, our mental, emotional, spiritual connection to whatever the neural pathway is we're building, the more intense it is, the quicker the synapses lock in. It's actually the reverse of a trauma. You can have one traumatic experience that is two seconds and it absolutely traumatizes you for life, right? It's like just bang, the trauma sets into the body instantly. It's actually the same in the reverse when it's a, I would say I had that experience with birthing my babies. It was a very ecstatic, intense experience. It was beautiful and it was incredibly healing for me on so many levels of trauma. So it can be quick, but it can also be a beautiful, gentle, slow, daily, synaptic association, familiarity that happens over years and just keeps on deepening little by little, layer by layer, like weaving together, uh, you know, a sophisticated crocheted rug or something. It can just be like, so there's no right or wrong. There's no better or worse. Um, and that's annoying, I know, because there's a lot of mystery when it comes to neuroplasticity. And we don't even do it. The body does it for us in the background, a little bit like you update the software, you walk away. You click the button, you walk away. Neuroplasticity happens when we're relaxed, resting, trusting, surrendered. Thank, thank you so much. My pleasure, Chris. Thank you for speaking live. And so many people are going to honor you and be grateful for you and relate to you. So well, I think that's that's something about these groups, isn't it? You're, you're in a community where people get it. They know what you're going through. Or they know what what you what yeah. you, you've experienced because um when people don't if people who haven't had neural circuit dizziness you try and explain it to them and they, and they don't really sort of you just you sound know, crazy yeah <laughs> but you're not crazy and it's real and you know i'm a believer that to some extent at some point in people's lives they'll all get their own version of it yeah thanks chris i'm gonna go back to the chat box and just check in um beautiful susie you'd like to share with the group would you like to unmute yourself susie yeah hi joey hi hey, welcome thank you hi so uh, i'd like to just express my gratitude to you and just uh share with everyone a really wonderful thing that has happened to me with uh Taking the program. <clears throat> By taking the Rock Steady program, also reading your book, uh, I. Oh, what happened? 
Hang on a minute. Sorry, wait, I've unmuted you. <laughs> I was trying to mute that person that kept unmuting Susie. Try again. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, sorry about that. Okay. No, that's okay. Right when uh, we were going through the beginning of COVID, my husband was diagnosed with very with severe cancer and I went through the trauma of an MRI machine where they did not protect my ears mm. and I came with raging tinnitus. I just happened to be a professional opera singer as well. So uh, it this caused great, as you can imagine, trauma and distress to me during that time. And I had all these layers of trauma. Unfortunately, at that time, the medical community, as you have said so many times yourself, mm. was unable to identify and help me with anything. All they did at that time was throw medications at me. Mm. So my body was left in a state of fight and flight for the for about eight months and uh coupled with medications I really it was very severe and I did go into hospital however at that time your book accompanied me to my mm. hospital visit and and uh the Rocksteady program and as I changed those neural pathways and I worked with your work with neuroplasticity and also worked with tinnitus retraining therapy, sound therapy. And I was able to get out of and they decreased this medication that was doing nothing good for me. I basically was able to get out of fight and flight. I was able to have that um, compassion for myself and to be in a safe space. And after the, uh, you know, uh, a period of time, uh, coupled with connection and going back and teaching at the university where I teach and being with some round people and connected to people and to the students mm. that gradually faded away into the background where I was able to completely habituate to that tinnitus. It doesn't bother me at all. It's in the back of my mind. I created all these new neural pathways mm. and um, it. I'm really so grateful and yeah. and so so pleased I can sit here and say oh if I really listen to it I can hear it but so what doesn't mean anything to me and it doesn't that. impact that, my life and that was actually something that Chris brought up that I wanted to um sort of illuminate because it is a trap yes it's great as Susie just role modeled if you can play with your dizziness or tinnitus sounds and actually check in on them in a cheeky way and be like, hmm, hi. It's great because you, then you know you're not, A, you're not avoiding them. So there's a welcome space for them because that's what we want. We want the brain to welcome them in and have space for them, which is normal. Um, what we don't want is to go, okay, if they're present, it's a bad day. If they're not present, it's a good day. That is when you're stuck in judgment and the neuroplasticity is just out the window. We don't want a good day to be symptom free and a bad day to be symptom present. What we want to do is to be able to expand into all of me, which includes all of my sensory experience and have this spaciousness where instead of being so narrowed down and doubling down on the symptoms and trying to get rid of them and focus on them, which is what I do not recommend. When we narrow down in on them, it's like the symptoms are just everything. They're front and center. They're taking over. When we expand into letting them be there, they become this tiny little one millionth percent of our overall experience of life. And they're actually welcome. 
Um, I can't hear my tinnitus anymore and I generally don't feel my dizziness. I might get a bit today because I'm a bit heady. Um, so it, uh, I think for many of us, it literally does go to zero. But it's great to have that attitude of cheeky check-in, letting it be there, really expanding into enjoying the rest of life. And I'm dying to know, did you go back to singing? Oh, yes. So I'm singing all the time now. And the wonderful thing that I, that I've taken away from everything is that because of what I've been through, I'm actually yeah. teaching on this level my students, elite classical musicians, how to use neuroplasticity to come out of fight and flight before they go on stage. Amazing. And, and so it profound. has been incredible. They are responding so beautifully to this and thank you. Mm, my pleasure. <laughs> Can I let you know that I have a one-year-old who's almost two, his birthday's this weekend, and he cries all day long for Mozart's The Magic Flute, Papageno, <laughs> and, Queen of, and Queen of the Night. And he screams for opera. He He's obsessed with opera. It's adorable. I love it. So we have opera on all through the house. That's wonderful. I love yeah. it. It's adorable. <laughs> um, my last question for you, Susie, is yeah. if you can remember, and I know sometimes yes. it feels a lifetime ago, which modules or parts of the Rocksteady program really spoke to you and, and your journey? Because obviously some bits are meh, some bits are very resonant, and that's the beauty of such a broad program. You pick and choose. You know, I think that's it. it now it's been, you know, I've been well for so long now, Joey. It's hard for me to go back and say specifically, I think I just listened to you all day long with everything. <laughs> So that I would, so that I was constantly taking it in. Of course, the the modules that were talking about um, vestibular, about the dizziness and so forth. Of course, that didn't mean as much to me. So I was just checking in on anything that you had to say about tinnitus, and and and. But the most difficult thing was that my nervous system did not want to respond. It was just constant. I had it had activated into this fight and flight because of the 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 very um, dense trauma, not just from the tinnitus, but for my husband's um, illness as well. Um, that that you know, I I just had to I had to just let those feelings instead of fighting them. Mm. allow them to go through my body, allow to feel it, allow to come out of the medication. Um, days that I was in yeah. allow all of those feelings but then couple that with okay what can I do in this moment mm. to provide compassion for myself care for myself what do I how do I find joy in this moment what can I do do I go and practice do I go and make myself a cup of tea do I go and walk and just take in all the beauty around me but really focus on that one thing that's going to give me joy and really bring that into my body and really concentrate on that so that I'm not concentrating on the other that's and the, that's was the what desire that's what brought me out of the mess, that the emotional mess. And as it turned out, my dear, wonderful, beautiful husband passed away. Mm. But I was even able to go through that because of everything else that I've learned regarding yeah. neuroplasticity. I was able to sit with those moments of grief, feel that grief, which I still feel on a daily basis. Don't block it. 
but what can I do in those moments to support myself? Thank you so much for sharing. Um, and yeah, there's just so much richness there. The allowing is really key. You know, if you could all take home one word and like stick it as a post-it note on your everywhere, it's allow, just allow these feelings to move through the body. That's the input. The digestion metabolization is what Susie's describing there as the allowing myself to feel it. I just, I have to be compassionate and supportive as I feel the discomfort. And as Chris said, you know, we can go from absolutely um, sort of hating things and not wanting to feel it and resisting it and blocking the movement of flow. I don't want it. Or we can move into that. It's annoying. You know, it's irking me. And that's beautiful because we want to be like, let myself feel annoyed. Just let, let myself feel annoyed. That's great because that's the brain allowing the feeling and we're moving it through the body and we're digesting it. So, um, yeah, it's really rich. And I can also say for myself, I've been through some of my biggest fears and traumas since the Rocksteady program. Um, marriage, children, birth, all of that. They were tr really tricky, uh, traumatic things for me. Um, but they turned out to be very healing and very beautiful because I had all the tools. You know, I loved giving birth and I loved being a mother. It was nothing like my fears told me it would be. And it was because I had the toolkit and I could let, and specifically giving birth, you know, I could really surrender my body, you know, be totally present in my body as my body opened up and gave birth to my babies. And I can honestly say I had no pain. And I don't hear many women say that, that I think my brain was so connected to the process that there was no fear. And that was the Rocksteady Toolkit. So yes, you might join the program for tinnitus, dizziness or vertigo, but how you use the program will honestly wash over your entire life. The last comment I wanted to make with you, Susie, is dizziness and tinnitus have a lot in common. They're both invisible inputs that enter the body. So whether you've got vestibular migraine or tinnitus or triple BD or superior canal dehiscence, it doesn't actually really matter. You might be surprised how someone with a totally foreign condition, ask the question that you go, oh, I want that question. There's so, there's so much overlap as far as the invisible inputs, metabolization and outputs go. And all of our module one and three exercises, you know, the standing, the feet, all of that, they're not just for dizzy yeah. people. They're perfect for uh -huh. tinnitus people too, coming home to the body and getting out of the head and back down into that sensation. So there's so much overlap. Um, it's just the world that we live in with labels and diagnoses that we sort of, we, we come together with diagnoses and hopefully we leave the program without diagnoses. Um, you know, the, can, if I just share, thank you for saying that because yeah, it was, it was getting, it was feeling my body and doing grounding exercises so that my parasympathetic nervous system were getting those cues. Yeah. And, and, and actually when I, I, afterwards I came back to those modules and did those exercises and, you know, as I was able to tolerate feeling into my body and that took a while but I I just want to say to everyone don't give up that you can do this that you can get through this and and I was just I uh, I know it I'm a living and I thought I wasn't going to make it and well, I've made it through many many difficult things so thank you Joey well done yes thank you for sharing and um hopefully you can join one of our grief and soul tending circles and we can continue yeah. the human connection. Sure. Thank you, Thank Susie. You. Story. I'm just going to go back to the chat box. 
Um, someone said, how much time a day do I need to devote to the Rocksteady program? I want to clear my calendar and my to-do list before joining. I, I suggest 15 minutes a day. To listen to each of the module audios, of which there's six, is six, uh, 45 minutes. So you'd probably want to have ideally at least one hour a week of just education, of dipping in. Um, I don't recommend that you go fully obsessed and you know hours and hours and hours a day because you also want to give your brain time to digest what you're learning. But for example, you could do one hour a week of learning, so listening to the, mo the module audio, and reading through the content per module. From there, you design your own home practice, which is roughly 15 minutes of getting into the body. It will be body scans in all sorts of different weird and wacky positions, depending on what your goals are and your desired sensations. Um, and then on top of that, if you want to be a total A plus student, you might listen to one of our many call replays every week or every other day, however much support you need. Some people will listen to them before bed or while driving because that just gives you, keeps the conversation alive in your head and it gets that philosophy. In fact, I was thinking about this as a bit of a metaphor um, or analogy. I'm not sure if I'm using those words correctly. My brain's too foggy, but you get my drift. Is, you know, if you want to learn a second language, let's say Spanish, it's pretty hard yakka learning Spanish in an Australian schooling system. You know, you're never going to speak Spanish that well. But when I went over and lived in Spain and I walked the Camino de Santiago and I'm, I'm eating and living and singing and dreaming with Spaniards, then my brain gets immersed in the Spanish culture and I'm barely trying and I'm picking up Spanish language just by living. That's what happens when you go from reading the book of Rocksteady, which is like learning Spanish in school, you, you've got a great resource, but it's pretty hard to be immersed. When you go into the Rocksteady program and you're listening to the replays and you're diving into all the, the plethora of exercises and there's 10 minute audios and five minute audios and you know 90 minute long call replays and you're just absolutely immersed in the culture because Rocksteady is a cultural change and I actually didn't really fully honor that until I did my embracing unrest program with um, a registered psychologist Sandra Parker from Canada and she said Joey what you've created is an absolute culture change it's remarkable because people come into the Rocksteady program and they change the way they view the world they change the way they view their body they change the way they relate to themselves they change the way they relate to others it's a total immersion experience and while I'm really proud of the book, that was not that's not what the book's capable of or the free program. So the Rocksteady program really gives you that level of immersion, which I think, and maybe some of the people who are in the program could, could speak to this, I think having that, that level of exposure and consistency and repetition to all the different conversations and all the different people and all the different examples – I think that really helps the brain to sort of go, aha, uh -huh, okay, all right. Because most of us have had an absolute lifetime of decades of fighting the body and judging the body and labeling the body. And we are totally flipping the narrative. Does anybody live want to speak to that? Um, I know there's Ryan, there's Beatrix, there's Shilpa, there's a few of you who might be able to speak to that. Let me know. Um, 
Uh, Gianne says, my head very heavy and neck and traps are tight as well as face. Only relief is to prop my head down, lay down. Just moving my head, I feel sensation and feel very nervous. Oh my God, that was me like yesterday. Totally understand. You know, when I was on the couch and I was like just looking for a place to rest my head while my three-year-old was watching TV and I don't, I'm not great with screens. They, 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 I'm very sensitive to screens, but I rested my head on the couch and was like, oh my God, this is like a union of lovers. It feels so good to rest my head on the couch. (laughs) I was just sick. And sometimes that's what we need to do. We need to surrender into the union of lovers and just let our body be held by the earth. And that's okay because it's not forever. The body will, it will find its equilibrium. It will restore itself. But the more we push through and force, the harder that is for the body. So it's welcome. That's all I can say, Gianne. It's, it's fine to feel what you're feeling. Um, great. Susie, we had lots of people thanking you and saying they could relate. Um, hi, Joey. I'm suffering from traumas of my past and also burnout. My tinnitus started at work. Therefore, I'm very afraid of going back to work. Every time I have to talk to HR or my manager, my tinnitus goes through the roof. Can I also reprogram this fear through neuroplasticity or would I just need more rest? Well, I mean, I can't really answer that question because I don't know you enough. But what's intuitively what's coming to me as I read that, and I won't say your name because you um, you messaged me privately, but intuitively what's coming to me is, is your body asking for a new career? Like, I, have you looked at pivoting? You know, the body is wise. And if something is going on at your work that's triggering you, I'm wondering whether there's some toxic power imbalance or corruption going on and your body's going, I've had enough. Stop treating me that way. So that's just food for thought. Um, yeah, lots of thank yous for Susie in the chat box. Uh, Lynn said, Susie, can you recap what really helped you heal in just a few words? And my, my recap would be, she really allowed herself to feel it. And she asked herself, how can I support myself and bring compassion to what I'm feeling? Is that the recap, Susie? That really is the nuts and bolts of Rocksteady. And you can read that in a book, but to actually embody that takes a huge amount of courage and faith and trust because when we're really present with what's arising in the body we're ready to meet it all and it's not all roses some of it is really dark and difficult and we're welcoming in that human darkness and that human difficulty and that's why the grief and soul tending monthly circles are so potent because we all sit together and it's beautiful and people come in maybe feeling a bit nervous and heavy and they come out the other side of it. We do a we do a process. We do a creative process. We all share, and we feel lighter. We're smiling, and you know what? We feel normal because we see how normal it is to have sorrows and pains and grief in monthly life. And that's because our brain is starting to go, oh, okay, I don't have to hide that thing, you know. And it's amazing what comes up, you know. <sighs> amazing. I'm I'm often have tears streaming down my face while I'm listening to people on those monthly calls and it feels so beautiful and softening. Um, yeah, is that you, Ryan? Do you want to un- unmute yourself or do I need to? There we go. See if you can unmute, Ryan. Uh, yeah. Oh, Ryan, you've got that funny thing. Can you, um, the rock? 
Yep, there you are. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a chipmunk for a moment. Um, it, it, you know, it's remarkable that the, um, I guess it's the attention centers, the brain and, and the zeitgeist and all that, but I feel like all the, the discussion on the feelings coming up, you know, that's a big part of, of, of a lot of the modules and, and it's just such a theme tonight. Um, and, and I saw, I, you hadn't quite got, gotten to it yet in the, uh, in the chat box, uh, Joey, but I saw uh, somebody mentioning about just, just being concerned about getting started and worried about making things worse and, and relating to all the feelings that, that people are experiencing. And, and I kind of wanted to respond to that and, and, and in the larger context, uh, I still feel like I'm definitely a work in progress, even though I'm in, on module five, it's taken me a while to get there. Um, you know, and some, I've, I've really gotten enthusiastic and some have been, I've taken my time with. Um, but I, I would say, don't, don't be afraid of, of the, the feelings that that's really going to be a hindrance, I think, in, in, in this healing process that, that we're learning about. Um, and I have had, like you were saying, Joe, I've, I've had some, some things come up that I didn't, didn't like, you know, that, that were hard to deal with. I, uh, just last night I was, I was doing a body scan, uh, before sleep and, I really let myself just have, you know, whatever feelings wanted to come up and, mm -hmm. and explored and kind of went back in my mind and, and thought about relationships and, and things that, that maybe had upset me in the past. Um, and I, I really got to some uh, anxious feelings and, and some angry feelings. Um, Perfect. But I let it move. Yeah. I let it move. I had to get up and walk around a little bit, uh, even though it was it was late at night. But I was able to let it move, and you know these things don't stick around. And you've emphasized many times that even with positive feelings, that it's not not like they stay. They I, they leave. Yeah, just, go ahead. I just want to really because you're creating a great visual there. It's like you opened yourself up to that mental, emotional, spiritual, invisible world, and you're like, all right, <laughs> what's in there? And then as you started to feel it rising in you, you walked it out. And that is part of you metabolizing and moving it out. And that's your way. That doesn't mean everybody's going to walk it out. But you got up in the middle of the night and you surrendered to the process of what was in the here and now. And you, you're absolutely spot on. The one certainty we have is change. But if I'm a believer also that if we're not ready to process something from our mental, emotional, spiritual life, the body will suppress it. We have no idea it's in there. We can't talk about it. We can't feel it. We can't identify it. We can't loca locate it until we're ready, until we're mature enough, strong enough, present enough, relaxed enough. The body will suppress all of our undigested traumas. It's so clever. So if you are noticing big anxieties and fears and uncertainties arise, that's because your body is now saying, I've held on to this for long enough and you're ready. It's your job now to feel through this and move it out of the body. And once we get these skills, it's quick. It's, it, you know, you don't have to mull on this for 10 years of therapy. As we have the body scanning tools and we stay in the body and we can tremor it out or we can shake it out or we can write a poem, we can sing it out. You know, I'm a big singer too, Susie. So I'll, I'll be singing all day long if I feel I need to. And if I go through a deep emotional sort of chapter in my life, I'll write a song about it. And it's not for anyone except me. Um, 
So Ryan, thank you for just sharing that process of your input, your metabolization and your output. Was there something else you were about to share? Uh, just, you know, just, just kind of to, to round up that thought that, um, you, you're, you're very right that, that things don't have to stick around. And I think a lot of us, we, that's the other thing that comes up a lot. People feel stuck, but, but you're right. Uh, even if we're, if things we don't like are coming up, it means we're not stuck. It, it, there's still change going on and, and there's a process. Also, it's a reminder that we're judging because when we have a preference of like and dislike, we're in judgment. And when we're in judgment, we're really stuck in that midbrain loop here between the ears where life is forever disappointing and painful. When we shift out of judgment and go, oh, that's curious. I'm having some suicidal thoughts. Let's, let's, take, a, let's take a loving look. There's no preference. It's just pure curiosity. And I want to say, I was just thinking on this this week, I think that's my God-given talent is I seem to have access to curiosity, you know, um, and I think that's been what saved me. I've been really curious about my inner experience, even when there's been no one in the world who gets me or understands me or can support me. And I'm constantly sort of like, stop being a drama queen, stop being dramatic. And if I can stay out of the judgment of myself, I'm winning. And that's where curiosity is such a great muscle to build. Um, and so, yeah, it's great to notice when we're in dislike and preference because that gives us something to get curious about. It's part of the journey. Um, thank you, Ryan. You still there? Might have muted. Um, yes, yeah, so, uh, Sally, I'm seeing your comment that I'm scared to start the program because of fear making things worse before they get better. Just trust yourself, Sally. If you're not ready to start the program, that's okay. The program's always gonna be there. Once you buy it, you own it for life. Um, it's very, very common for people to say, I don't want to start the Rocksteady program because I feel like it's my absolute last hope. And if it fails me, like I'm going to die. That's not uncommon. Um, and I think just be where you are. And I think when the pain of struggle becomes so difficult, it will be easier for you to start the Rocksteady program because it'll be too hard to stay in the pain and stay in the fear. Um, but to be honest, fear is one of those beautiful invisible inputs, right? Energetically, fear, you can't poke it and touch it. It's not muscle and bone. Fear is a huge pocket of life force. And when we can stare it in the face and feel through it, my God, it awakens us. And if we have stuck places of vitality in the body where there's old life force and old undigested emotions and undigested thoughts and experiences and fears, and it's all cramping up the body and the neck hurts and the migraines and, you know, if you meet a fear with integrity and body scan and as Susie said, with support and compassion, and as Ryan said, with opportunistic moments of just getting up and walking it through, if you can be with that fear and feel it through the body and let it move you, let it shape you, let it touch you, it will literally waken up all that stuck life force and move it through the body and you will come back to life you will be vibrant. And so in some ways, walking directly into the pit of the fire and staring the monster in the eyes is the shortcut. And sometimes if we want to be very avoidant and go the long path, we may still get there. But, you know, sometimes just being honest about fears and getting the supports we need to stay in the body is the shortcut. 
And that may mean you want one-on-one therapy and so on and so forth, but you know you. So it's just about getting what you need to meet that fear. And like I say, I was terrified about marriage and babies just because I had intimacy and emotional attachment, fears, worried I wasn't good enough and all of that. I just had to go through it. I had to face the fears and acknowledge. And, and so part of my strategy in facing those fears was I had, I organized a very specific home birth support team that I needed. I had private midwives who I knew and trusted. I had a, a doula who came in and held and supported me. So not every woman's going to need that, but I knew me and I knew what I needed. And I had the support and compassion and the container to really move through that fear in my own way. So I understood the input, I understood the metabolization, and I understood the output. That's a personal inquiry. So I guess my answer might be a bit confusing for you, but if you're not ready for the Rock City program, you know you, you're not ready, and that's okay. So there's no nothing to force or push here. Um, Steve said, I think I must be stuck if I'm having a few days of no noise then noise for a few days and not sure what to do different. I would say, Steve, notice when you show a preference towards the noise. Notice when there's a dislike or an annoyance that's like it shouldn't be here, right? As opposed to welcome in the noise when it's there, great. You know, I love that story that there was an Indian client I had, audiology client, this is a decade ago, and they said, whenever I hear that tinnitus noise in my ears, I think the gods are talking to me. It is a blessed day. And I think I wish more people had your attitude. So it's all about our relationship to the tinnitus. Notice if you can open up and expand and let it be there. Get, get curious on the days when it's there. It doesn't mean you're failing. It just means there's noise there, right? So just notice your relationship to the noise. Um, chat box. Thank yous for you coming through the chat box, Ryan. Um, Gianne, you're welcome to share live. Then we're probably coming towards the end of our time. My children are going to come screaming in soon. Um, Gianne, did you want to come on briefly? Uh, have to. I think I have to help you unmute. <clears throat> All right, try that. Hello? Now, I think you're unmuted if you want to try speaking, Jean or Jean. Are you there? I can't hear you. If speaking live doesn't work, maybe just pop something in the chat box and we'll see if we can wrap up with anything that's supportive for you because I'm not hearing you at this point. We are towards the end of our time. It's been so, so lovely to see so many faces and connect with so many of you. Um, does anybody have any specific Rocksteady program questions that I can answer while you've got me here? Um, you're always welcome to email Mandy for any technical questions or any admin support. But if you do choose to join the Rocksteady program, which I hope you do, it really is life-changing. I think it's been a real lifeline for me, the Rocksteady program. And having... I mean, it just blows my mind. I get people constantly telling me that they feel like I'm God sent, which we all are, really, if you believe in God. But, you know, it's 
it, it is very empowering to know that you can handle whatever the day throws at you and that whatever sensations come up you know how to lovingly be present with yourself because you've been in that self-study process of figuring out your own nuance um, it's very empowering to understand your inner world the mental emotional spiritual invisible patterns and vibrations that are touching you shaping you it's also empowering to know when we're stuck and this is more module four stuff but when we're stuck in closing down and the sympathetic nervous system and fight flight freeze and we're not energetically porous and we're disconnecting from ourselves and from the world and how to access our parasympathetic nervous system body scan and energetically open up so there can be this invisible divine exchange between us and the world around us that we're able to let it flow through us that we don't have to be overprotective or over defensive um, and feeling very malnourished and isolated energetically which is a lot of the stuff I'll talk about in my new book um, all right so I'm not sure if it's Jeanne or Jean but it looks like the microphone's not working um, I'm going to go back to the chat box. So grateful for the program. I would have stayed stuck without it. Thank you. Such a pleasure. Um, Tara said, I've had tinnitus, but my issues are more pain and fear related. Would the program be relevant for pain? Yes. Lots of people actually who have just as a default diagnosis, like arthritis and chronic pain have had incredible results. Um, just using the same process. So it doesn't matter what your unwanted sensations are. The Rocksteady process gives you a pathway to befriend yourself and bring that support and compassion in. Um, and as Susie mentioned and as I've mentioned, people will say it helps them through divorce and it helps them through changing jobs and it helps them through COVID and all sorts of other life things that happen. The The program is very rich because it gives us that, that life skills of the mind-body connection and that cultural change. That's that cultural immersion. And you own the program for life, so you can always join our monthly calls. Um, and I also encourage people to do the modules over and over and over again. There's six modules, but every single time you go in, you're a new person. So the modules are always changing as you're transforming and changing. Sarah says, I've been feeling for a long time like I need more support, but have been judging myself for it. Yeah. I understand that feeling. I appreciate hearing and about knowing what's best for you and what you need and that it's okay if other people need something different. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me to need more support. I can just listen to that and get the support I need. What you were saying about this community being a place where people can be seen and heard and understood sounds like such a relief. It is, honestly. And I think one needs to feel that experience to really understand it, to feel seen and heard while we're vulnerable and shitty and crappy and honestly I think in the beginning or there have been times when I haven't been good at holding that space you know and I have I suppose some regret and guilt over the years for times when I might have been out of my window of tolerance or rushed or pushed and I couldn't hold that space as compassionately but we're all human and we're all learning and there are times when we are rushed and stretched and our support people are exhausted for example so it's you know it's a, it's a real process of forgiveness and humanity and we all do our best um, and it is so amazing when we have that resonance of feeling seen and heard and deeply understood you know it really drops us into our humanity it's um it's just like nothing else 
and it changes our brain you know there's full neuroscience behind it thank you so much I can hear my children coming home now the almost two-year-old and three-and-a-half-year-old um I would love to meet more of you in the Rocksteady program. You also get access to the Rocksteady Hub, which is a closed Facebook group only for Rocksteady members. And that's where you can really post what you like and you will be met with love hearts. Um, And again, that's a way of metabolizing and excreting our experience by sharing it, by typing it, by posting it, by sharing about it. That's moving it out. So ways of moving our experience through us could be singing, could be writing music, could be poetry, could be journaling, could be letter writing, could be walking, cooking, fishing, anything at all that keeps you connected to both your body and that mental, emotional, spiritual, invisible world, right? So that's how we move it through us. It's that connection. Don't get me wrong. We can disconnect and write. We can disconnect and sing. We can disconnect and fish or cook or walk. It's about the body scan connection and that connection to our invisible inputs. That's the magic piece. And as many of our Rocksteady members here can probably attest to, it's a skillful thing to learn how to hold all of that. We have to build our concentration and our awareness to be able to hold more instead of to get so distracted and, um, you know, see bright shiny objects and off we go. We've lost our train of thought again. So yeah, we are building skills here. Chris has said, thanks for inviting me to this meeting. It's been so lovely, lovely experience. And I've learned so much from just this session. Hope you feel better soon, Joey. Thank you. Me too. Um, Keep being awesome, everyone. Yeah, just keep being you, everyone. I'm such a believer in biodiversity for our flora and fauna of this planet. I'm very passionate about taking care of Mother Earth and all of her beings. And that includes all of us and our neurodiversity and biodiversity as humans. Um, Another thing I want to say is I have very generous scholarship programs for any of you who are experiencing disabilities, third world countries, financial duress, whether you're experiencing political and economic hardship. Um, We have spaces for you. Um, I'll send an email after this call with links to the scholarship programs if you would like to apply for a scholarship. And that includes pay what you can. So, you know, you might have some money to put towards a course, but you just can't afford the full amount. The full amount is $2,800 Australian. Um, And I don't have the exact conversions for what that is in pounds, euros or American at the minute, but um, Mandy does. Um, it's It's a wonderful investment and it's worth every penny. If you need financial support, just reach out, apply for a scholarship. We've got your back. You're welcome. We don't want any financial barriers. Um, Yeah, so Beatrice says, see you all on Facebook. Thank you to everyone who's joined live. It's such a treat for me to meet more faces. Thank you, Susie, Chris, for speaking live and Ryan. So it's a little bye for now. Feel free to email in questions too if if they come to you later on. Bye, everyone.